Welcome to another Godcast from Whosoever, an online magazine for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender Christians. I'm Candace Shalou-Hodge, the founder and editor of Whosoever. Thank you for joining us. Coming up in this Godcast, we'll talk with Darlene Bogle, a former leader of the ex-gay movement. She's done a lot lately, authoring a new book, apologizing for her ex-gay past, appearing in a new movie, and taking part in an upcoming conference in Nashville. She'll tell us more about all of that. Also, we'll take a meditation moment, and we'll wrap it up with some holy humor. Proclaiming that unity is our identity, the God and Gays Gathering will feature an impressive lineup of speakers who will address the question, can you be gay and Christian? The gathering will be held in Nashville August 3rd and 4th and will include Episcopalian Bishop John Shelby Spong, Soul Force founder Mel White, as well as our next guest, Darlene Bogle. Darlene was a leader in the XK organization Exodus for many years before realizing her orientation had not changed. I began my interview asking Darlene to tell us about her journey into and out of the XK movement. I was um, at a Christian college back when I was 17 years old, had my first lesbian experience. Um, the woman that I was with at that time committed suicide, which... Um, was because of oppression from her family, and that um, that just pretty much uh, rattled my cage at that point, and that began a long journey for me in trying to reconcile my Christianity and my homosexuality. And uh, after a number of years of trying to be both and figuring that I couldn't, um, in the early 70s, I... I made what I thought was my final commitment back to the Lord and started uh, writing articles and books and, you know, telling the world that I was truly ex-gay. And um, that went on for about, uh, probably about 15 years. During that time, I became involved with Exodus International. I was also the assistant pastor of the uh, Four Square Church. And uh, because I was on staff at the church, we established a ministry outreach to um, people who were struggling with homosexuality. It was called Paraclete Ministries. became an Exodus referral. As an Exodus referral, I traveled um, to all the Exodus conferences and would uh, speak on national television programs. And um, everywhere I was asked, um, I was like a poster child for for ex-gay ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, during that time, you know, I would be asked questions, but do you really think, you know, that you've been, quote-unquote, delivered from homosexuality? And I said, yes. You know, I have no attractions at all for women. I have no attractions for men. I had no, you know, no attractions for anything because my life was so consumed with being there to help other people, plus I held down a full-time job in a secular world during that time. And um, after I had authored a couple of books and made the uh, mistake of, of putting my um, phone number in the back of the book because I wanted to be there for people, it didn't really occur to me that people would actually read the book and pick up the phone and call me. But they did. <laughs> so I was... Uh, I was constantly receiving calls from the East Coast when I lived on the West Coast, and, uh, you know, it was it was plaguing this for a number of years. But um, anyway, I did all of that, and I was, I was happy with where my life was going, and um, that all came to a screeching halt in 1990 when I was teaching at a women's conference up in the uh, Sierras, and in walks this woman and sits down at the 
very front row of where I was teaching, and our eyes locked, and I thought, I am dead meat. You know, <laughs> this woman just kind of, like, saw right into my soul, and, you know, I, I've always heard you're not supposed to ever, you know, say there's any such thing as love at first sight, but there was, and um, we began uh, in a counseling relationship because uh, she wanted to come to my group, and and find some resolve for her conflicts, and I resolved her conflicts all right. We got together and lived happily ever after for uh, about 12 years until um, February of '05 when she passed away from breast cancer. That mm-hmm. um, you know, during our life journey together, um, I was able to really resolve the, the spiritual conflicts about whether or not you know God loved me and and had created me exactly as I was, was a woman with a homosexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And I came to embrace and celebrate that. And um, we were, during the 12 years that we were together, I was pretty silent after having been so public, but that was to honor Des's request of not um, being public because her family was Southern Baptist and, uh, had strong views, and she knew that they would not only reject our lives together, but they would reject her. Mm-hmm. So when we knew that she didn't have much time left, she requested of me to, um, after her death, to share with them about our story and to write another book that would tell the whole truth. And so I did that, and um, that book was the... Uh, a Christian Lesbian Journey, which just came out earlier this year, which chronicles our story and also tells of my exit from Exodus. And as part of that, um, I was uh, asked to be in a DVD that was produced about a year or so ago called uh, Doubting Days, Bridging the Gap. And uh, I am I am on that DVD along with... Uh, more notable people like Mel White, <laughs> but uh, it's it's been it's been an awesome journey to be able to support the DVD because it um, it does open dialogue. Mm-hmm. And as part of that uh, DVD, we held one conference here on the West Coast uh, about a year and a half ago. And this August, we're going to be doing a conference in Nashville, Tennessee, um, August third through the fifth, and uh, people from the DVD and uh, other people who are not in the DVD but who are uh, great supporters of us um, are going to be taking part in that, Peggy Campolo and Reverend Phil Lawson and um, Bishop John Spong is going to be there. I mean, there's a whole whole slate of the folks that are going to be... uh, Gathering there in Nashville for this for this conference. And what do you hope people are going to get out of this conference? We hope what they're going to get is to find that um, there's there's a huge place for dialogue between Christianity and sexuality, and that God um, definitely we're not a, the, the gay people are not a mistake or imperfect or needing to be fixed, that they are simply his children just like everyone else, and that um, we we can have a voice 
to express our own individual journeys. It'll be a safe place for people to come because, um, you know, you're, you're sure to meet at least one other person there that um, has gone through maybe what you're going through. And um, we're going to have representatives of T-Flag for parents and friends of, of gays and lesbians. And, you know, we just we just want there to be a place that, Everybody can come together under the banner of, you know, we're, we're God's children, you know. Mm -hmm. There's there's no need to have the um, separation that uh, exists within the family of God today. And you recently actually apologized for your role in Exodus and as an XK leader. Why did you do that? That was, um, yeah, that is something that has, changed me at the core of my being, mm -hmm. I think, because for a number of years, um, you know, what I, what I found out that I was doing was I was, when I was part of Exodus, I was delivering a message of hope, and these people were supposed to hear it and change, and everybody would live happily ever after. When they didn't change, I could easily write that off to, well, they just, you know, weren't persistent enough yeah. or something. And then after I got out of, of Exodus, I never had any contact with the people who had been on the receiving end. Then two years ago, after uh, Des passed away, um, my first experience was I went to an Evangelical Concerns Conference in San Francisco, and I started listening to people who had been harmed by ex-gay ministry, and I started really hearing their stories. I met Mary Lou Walner, whose daughter had committed suicide yeah. because of the message that Mary Lou was giving, you know, that she could accept the, the person but not the friend. And, mm -hmm. and I started, you know, I just started being impacted by this. And I thought, you know, I don't think I ever told people that had to change. And then I started going back and reading the stuff that I'd written. Uh -huh. And I thought, oh, man. You know, I need to say a great big I'm sorry. So I've been working on this. You know, how could I do this? And I I got involved with um, this Beyond X-Gay website uh, from Peterson and Christine. And Christine will also be teaching with me um, in Nashville. But we, um, we talked about um, would there be a place for issuing an apology and um, – Jeremy Marks, who was president of Exodus Europe, um, mm. had also been being led in the same way of wanting to apologize for any harm that he'd done. And Michael Bussey, who had been one of the founding members of Exodus when he was a director of Exit Ministries in Melody Land. Mm -hmm. So the three of us got our heads together and, and we created um, an apology together. And um, it was one that we actually signed and handed over to a group of ex-gay ex people that had been wounded. And, you know, some of them just totally walked out on their face because they believed yeah. our message that God didn't love them because, you know, they were struggling with their homosexuality. But it was, it was a very powerful experience and... Um, I think we're not through yet. What amazes me is the number of people who find it so hard to apologize for anything, you know. And uh, we've been lambasted by uh, several, you know, blogs uh, from Exodus-related people, and, and they just don't think that they need to apologize for anything because, you know, they're 
trying to help. Well, you can you can be sincere in trying to help, but you can still be sincerely wrong. Right. And what's the, what's been the reaction from the FXK crowd to to that policy? Well, I I was able to interact with uh, quite a few people at the survivors conference, mm-hmm. and also I've I've gotten several emails from people that I hadn't heard from in years, and people that you know I I hardly even knew them, but they knew me because I was a little bit more out there, but had attended different Exodus conferences, and uh, they've now left their involvement with X Gay Ministry and um, are living happily partnered with somebody and you know, I just I've just been blown away by the responses of these folks that say, you know, it's so good to find out what happened to you and to find out, you know, that you've um, you know, come full circle here and your apology really means something because, you know, we knew that you were sincere but we also knew that, you know, your message was doing harm. Mm-hmm. And it just um, I mean, I I guess I'm just kind of very sensitive that way anyway, you know, but if I find out that I've harmed somebody, good grief, you know, I mean, I want to, I want to say I'm sorry and, you know, what, what can I do to make it up or even if I can't, even if I can't do anything to correct it, I can at least say I acknowledge that I had a responsibility here. Right. And um, it's been pretty well received, I think, by the um, XX gays and, um, um, Ellen Chambers' blog, on the other hand, has, uh, you know, been tearing us apart for... Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to find out about how to uh, come to the uh, the conference at the beginning of August, how do they do that? The easiest way for them to do is to go on to the God and Gays website, which is www.godandgaysthemovie, all, all one segment, dot com. And you can go right onto their website and click on register for the conference. And about your book, if people want to uh, read your book, which I've read and is, is excellent, and I highly recommend it, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how, how do they get a copy of your book? Well, there are several ways they can do that. The easiest way is to just go on to Amazon.com, click on books, key in my name. And the book is there, A Christian Lesbian Journey. Or actually, even you can go on to the God um, Engage the website, um, and there's a, a blurb about me, and there's a, a link there to click, which will take you right into Amazon. The God Engage gathering will be held at Holy Trinity Community Church in Nashville on Friday, August 3rd, and Saturday, August 4th. Registration for both days is $97. For more information or to register, go to GodEngageTheMovie.com/conference.html. <laughs> Thich Nhat Hanh writes these words in his book, Inner Being. Aware that words can create suffering or happiness, we are committed to learning to speak truthfully and constructively, using only words that inspire hope and confidence. Do you watch your words? What kind of things are you saying to people? Are you creating suffering or happiness with the words that you choose? Thich Nhat Hanh's quote is one of the 14 mindfulness trainings in Buddhism. It reminds us that what we say, the language we use, has enormous power in the lives of others. As GLBT people, we should be deeply aware of the power of our language. Words have been used against us constantly. 
I receive hate mail all the time, and I remember one that proclaimed the joy of AIDS as God's plague against gay people. These were some powerful words meant to bring suffering. When hurtful words are said against us, it's tempting to react to them in kind, to spew our own hateful words at those who have wounded us. Han reminds us to be careful in our speech. Instead of responding with words equally as wounding, we should only choose words of response that inspire hope and confidence. The Bible, too, cautions us on the value of gentle words when someone seeks to wound us with language. In 1 Peter 3.15, we're reminded that we must always be prepared to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. I don't usually respond to the hateful words that this letter writer sent to me, but I did, just this once. His words hurt, but not in the way he had intended for them to hurt. Instead of becoming angry at his words of hate and suffering, I hurt for him. Obviously, someone who can send such harmful words to another person has been deeply hurt themselves. They're suffering and they're expressing their own pain by lashing out. I sent a note of compassion back to this man, expressing my concern for his pain and my willingness to help. The response from him? More vitriol. Not surprising, but still, my compassion for this person remains. I see someone who's deeply wounded, and I refuse to inflict further wounds by returning words of hate for words of hate. I urge us all to remember that. When attacks come your way, be mindful of the words you choose to respond. Also, be mindful that the hurtful words they utter at you come from a hurting soul. Let your compassion come forth in those times. Do not return hate for hate, but use words that inspire hope and confidence. Defend your hope, certainly, but do it with gentleness and reverence. installment of Holy Humor, we present All I Really Need to Know I Learned from Noah's Ark. Number one, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Number two, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone might ask you to do something really big. Number three, don't listen to critics. Do what has to be done. Number four, build on high ground. Number five, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Number six, two heads are better than one. Number seven, speed isn't always an advantage. The cheetahs were on board, but so were the snails. Number eight, if you can't fight or flee, float. Number nine, take care of your animals as if they were the last ones on earth. Number 10, don't forget that we're all in the same boat. Number 11, when the doo-doo gets really deep, don't sit there and complain, shovel. Number 12, stay below deck during the storm. Number 13, if you have to start over, have a friend by your side. Number 14, don't miss the boat. And number 15, no matter how bleak it looks, there's always a rainbow on the other side. Thank you so much for joining us for another Whosoever Magazine's Godcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can tell us your thoughts, comments, or suggestions by writing to us. Our email address is godcast at whosoever.org. Or you can leave comments at our blog at whosoeverpods.blogspot.com. The theme music for our program has been graciously provided by Adam Kearley. Other music included samples from Barry Phillips and Jan Hanford, all available from magnitude.com. 
If you'd like to join the Whosoever community, we have many online groups that you can join for fun and support. You can find Whosoeverans in your area when you join our Rainbow Fish groups. If you want to learn more, go to whosoever.org slash rainbowfish. If you're enjoying our podcast, we hope you'll consider making a monetary donation to our ministry. It takes money to produce and broadcast this program and, of course, to keep our ministry on the web where we've been a valuable resource to our community for more than a decade. You can donate by credit card by going to our website at whosoever.org slash donate. Or you can send checks directly to Whosoever Ministries Incorporated, Post Office Box 727, Camden, South Carolina, 29021. Remember, Whosoever is a 501c3 nonprofit. That means all donations are tax deductible. Thank you so much for joining us. May God's peace surround you. Thank you.